Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business. And we're friends like my gorgeous friend, Dr. Andy. Doesn't let friends feed kibble. What's happening on this Monday in paradise? Oh, happy Monday, everyone. Right? Right? Don't you love new weeks? Brings a whole new challenge to your life. (laughs) That's a true statement. (laughs) You know, I mean, seriously, I think the business that we're in, do you think the business that we are in or anybody that deals with the public, it helps them to think more logically because they have to. You got to keep yourself in check. That's for sure. Right. Do you feel like yourself, you're always ebbing and flowing to the other personalities? Right. Like we have so many personalities thrown at us on a one-on-one basis that. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and yes. And I think that the other thing that helps in our industry is that we're getting a lot of questions. We get a lot of assumptions. And so we have to think, you know, broadly, mm-hmm. at least we should be thinking broadly. We and should be. And we we're always be. learning new things because I always get questions I don't know the answer to. So then right? I have to go learn new things. Right. So, yeah. I was, I was boredom down. It does. And I, I just want to, you know, put a plug in for Dr. Cowan again. I was in his um his group last last week. And um and he I love the way the man thinks. I love the way the man thinks, right? Because uh and he's been called all types of things. But when you ask him a question, the way he parses it out the way that he helps you think about it. So I asked this question of him in his group and, and it's through subscribe star. It's very inexpensive. It's $5 a month and you get access to this brilliant man. And uh, I asked him about, cause we're going to talk about bones here in a second mm-hmm. with you, mm-hmm. not the kind you eat, but the kind you live with <laughs> Yes, inside the body. I was asking him this question about chemotherapy um, and how, I think I might've asked you this question. How does the injection that people get, and maybe even dogs, I don't know if they do it with the dogs, when the white blood cells are low because of chemotherapy, because chemotherapy has knocked them out, Mm -hmm. how does that injection really work to make more white blood cells. And it was just brilliant the way that he, um, and I, and I think it's, it's recorded because I need to go back and listen to it again, but here was the gist of it, Dr. Mm -hmm. Andy, that I thought was very, very enlightening. And he said, white blood cells are only there when there is an infection or when they're trying to take out the trash, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. When they they have a job to do. Yeah. When they have a job to do. He said, so here's how they get them to proliferate. They poison the person. At the end of the day, that makes the most sense on how, on what we know on how the body functions. 
You have to activate a problem for the white blood cells to show up. Right. Right. But he was as he was going through it, he would say he he would say, here are the questions that the medical community fails to answer. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think the most out of him, like he'll I've listened to several podcasts right with him and he's like okay so this is the question you should ask your doctor or why aren't they asking this question and yeah all about the questions that next step yeah now i i would caution folks if you're not a little bit on the i'm out of the box thinking side you're probably not gonna like (laughs) the dr cowan group uh the new biology group that they have going on but um, what is going on in the world today doesn't work, Dr. Andy. So I, I'm sorry, but I'm looking for other things. Yes, it is not working. It has proven itself time and time again. And yeah, yeah, he, he's a fascinating man. And you definitely have to go in with a really open mind. Right. Because he blew me out of the water the first time I stumbled across him. I stumbled across him before we even talked about him. And I'm like, that is not what I learned in school. <laughs> right click that, delete it, i know i finished it i'm like okay because i've also trained myself to like okay what else is out there like okay what is another view on this okay well okay you know he has a point you know so they were talking about broken bones and tuning forks yesterday they were yes wow. and and that and that was that was that was really exciting they were talking about the vibrational content yeah. And when you adjust Asta, you have this mm-hmm. thing. Is that a tuning fork? It's a tuning fork. I have a tuning fork. I do a type of adjustment with a tuning fork because it vibrates the bone. Um, it's called an inner osseous fault. It's a, just a type of adjustment. Um, and it is also a subluxation. But yeah, no, it's just a tuning fork. And it just vibrates the bone. But yeah, us, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of a secret. As chiropractors, we're taught that in school. You want to find a fracture in the bone, put a tuning fork on it. It'll drop a 300 pound man to his knees because it vibrates that, that it vibrates the bone. And it is so painful that, oh, there it is. It's broken. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, new- some of the, and some of the adjustments with the tuning fork are quite pinchy too. Not that they're fractured because I have a history. I know what's going on with the animal. We're not thinking that. Um, I've never actually went looking on an animal with a tuning fork. I think that's just probably plain old mean, you know, at least the person knows it's coming, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) They don't believe you until you actually hit something and then, you know, but uh, some of the, just the adjustments with the tuning fork are quite pinchy too. Wow. That was very, that was very cool. So they were talking about all these different things that you would want to have in your toolkit that are not traditional. And um, somebody had broken their arm. They were talking about tuning forks. Um, They were talking about black salve or turpentine and cod liver oil for different types of things. Um, I see a naturopath now and um, I was supposed to go in and have you know, some more skin, uh, supposedly cancerous skin things burnt off. And she was like, you know, we went over there. They really don't have any other tools because they wanted me to put this chemo stuff on my face. She was like, yeah, let's do some black salve. And I was like, okie doke, you know, because I don't get why I would put these things that have such incredible side effects by my brain. Well, and just by definition of chemo salve, you're going to, kill the possibly cancerous cells, you know, that's probably still up for debate, but it'll kill all the healthy stuff. It'll kill all the natural response of the body and, and probably 
long term will cause more problems. Yeah. So he he he's brilliant in the way he talks about cancer. By the way, regarding cancer, guys, we are having a cancer webinar Thursday, August 17th. 6 p.m. Mountain Time with Dr. Judy Jasek. You can find it on my website. Uh, once you pay, it's a $39.95 uh, webinar. We're going to cover what is cancer? Why is cancer uh, proliferating? What are you going to feed that dog that has cancer? What are the alternative treatments? Uh, if you sign up for a consult with Dr. Jasek, it's $225. So this is a bargain, $39.95. Mm-hmm. So get over to my website. That's going to be August 17th. Awesome. Um, all right. Dr. Andy, let's talk a little bit about bones inside the dog's body uh, because it's a little bit important to uh, get a good foundation. So let's start out with the puppies. How do we get a good foundation for the bones in the puppies? You feed raw. Well, that is so true. (laughs) So true. Checks in the mail. (laughs) Number one, species appropriate raw diet. I don't know what this BS is about. Oh, you better feed kibble the first nine months or you better feed kibble the first year because that's when they need all that nutrition, which is not in the kibble and resprayed and artificial and high carbohydrates. Oh, I'm going to fry your endocrine system that first year. There's no, it's maddening to me how, and this is coming generally from breeders. I know. Or what, what? And then these breeders are feeding their adult dogs raw food, but they keep the puppies on kibble and tell their new puppy owners, continue with the kibble. So see, we need to use the Dr. Cowan method. What does that mean? And (laughs) tell me how that correlates and how did you get there? And, Uh and, and, and and, yeah, I get that from, like, I don't, I don't know where it started from. I don't, I don't know. So well, my last puppy, he was raw fed from the minute he went on to real food. So he stayed raw when he came home. But the other, the other two puppies, it's been, gosh, they're now seven and a half years old. The kibble went in the trash and the next bowl of food was raw. Number one, um, the nutrition, and it has to be the raw with the bones because you need those minerals. That's what, that's what their bones inside their bodies need is the bones that's in the fed in the food, the raw bones in the food, the calcium, the phosphorus, um, and the minerals. And you know what? What? Yeah. There's no percentages on the side of that raw food. Oh, because every animal is different and every chub is different. And oh, because you're that dog's body so smart. It knows what to do with a whole food product and it'll get rid of the excess. It'll utilize what it needs. Ah, it's not synthetic. It's not at a percentage. It's a whole food product that the body actually knows what to do with and assimilate it at a much better level, people. There was this this pet parent that saw our truck because our truck says raw dog food on it. Our personal, not our personal, our business truck, you know, not the not the truck we drive around to deliver. But he had a borble and mm-hmm. he was giving meat and organs. And yogurt for the calcium. No bones. No bones. No bones in that meat. I was like, oh. that's not the same calcium. Right, Dr. JC? <laughs> Dr. JC. Dr. Andy. <laughs> I think Dr. JC would agree with the no. <laughs> hey, I got to say it's probably better than nothing. But how well I does. I, how, I don't know. Like very little better than nothing. Um, I'd be happier with eggshells. But um, 
but none of it is the same thing as real bone. Like no, none of it. The you the composition the bone. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. And, so for go and ahead. you need and you need the different animals and different stuff in every chub. And you need maybe maybe that seven percent has three percent of a different vegetable one time and four percent of another. The body needs that stuff. You need to change things. You cannot stick a body in a box, feed the same damn thing every single day and expect it to continually work optimally. You have to change it up. The body is lazy. You get them the same thing every day. It's going to do the same thing every day and other things are going to break down. Well, you I don't know. You have to mix it up. Dr. Andy, but I'm pretty sure that you've seen some borbles in your days, and I'm pretty sure that they have massive jaws that can crunch bones very easily. Uh, they're the ones you give the turkey necks to. <laughs> like what? What? I, I've yeah. seen I've seen these uh, big dogs with these giant faces. Right? We've talked about mm -hmm. the big heads before, yeah. and the giant jaws, and the pet parents holding a chicken foot, holding mm -hmm. a chicken foot. So they don't swallow it. And I'm like, well, if they swallow it, they're probably going to hack it back up. But most of them are going to crunch it down a couple of times mm -hmm. and then swallow it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just. Those uh, are called helicopter pet parents. Right? I'm like, they're going to be okay. Cause I think that these animals are pretty darn smart. Yeah. <laughs> pretty darn smart. Okay. Let's, let's get back to you. So that is one of the foundations guys is that we've got to make sure that, um, we feed the right food for the species, mm -hmm. right? So I don't know, Dr. Andy, but I'm pretty sure years ago, our species didn't eat processed food either. We haven't always had McDonald's on every corner. Right. We haven't like millions of years ago. <laughs> cereal. Oh, God. You know, when <laughs> I think about this, Andy, I think about when we see the dogs. So I had a customer call me from Arizona yesterday. And she was like, I... I am shocked uh, in a week, my dog's coat looks better there. They live in Arizona. She's like, so when it's hot outside, the poop really smells. And she said, they hardly poop. Um, they're acting better, blah, 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 blah. She just went through the whole gamut. She was, she was shocked. But my point is, I always think if I never put processed food in my body, would I look younger? Would my hair not ever turn gray? <laughs> would, you know, would my teeth not get cavities? I mean, you know what I'm saying? If we right. see it in a dog, we, I wonder how much better we would look. Really? Really? That's I mean, that's a great question. Unfortunately, most of us grow up on so much processed food by the time we like get it out of our diet. We have a lot of work to be done still. <laughs> Right. So, but, but if you look at Dr. Paul Saladino, who Brian calls the shirtless wonder, uh, <laughs> I think I saw him, I don't know, so Instagram or TikTok this you morning. Like, I don't think he had a shirt on one time. Okay. <laughs> maybe not, when he was in the grocery store, maybe. <laughs> right. Not a bad way to uh, be on Instagram. You know, he's easy on the eyes, and, yeah. uh, but he looks great, doesn't he? I mean, and he yeah. doesn't put, I bet he doesn't ever put processed food mm -hmm. in his mouth. No, ever. All right. So let's talk about this. What are the health tips for strong bones? One, we've talked a lot about when you early spay and neuter, we get the yes. long bones. If yes. you get the long bones, you've talked about, we're compromising those bones already because of the, the ligaments and everything. 
So that's one, right? Yeah, you got to feed absolutely. the appropriate diet. Don't spay and neuter too early. People are going to ask this question, Dr. Andy, what's too early? Easy rule of thumb is after the first heat in your females and depending on the size of your males, as late as a year and a half to two years, especially your giants, your giant breeds need two years, people. They need it. Um, your littles, yeah, you probably could get away with seven, eight months if, if you really need to. My rule of thumb in my house is if, you know, I can live with you, meaning you're nice, sweet, you know, pee in my house and everything, you can keep them. <laughs> so we'll see. Do you really think that neutering a male dog changes the way they pee? No, I don't. No, not that. But sometimes they do a lot more marking in houses if they're in town. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. So I, I think you do get less marking in the house. Just my personal experience. I think you get less marking, but lifting my, legs, not lifting legs, all of that. I don't, I don't notice a difference. I know that you have girls and boys, right? You have male I'm, and females. I have one girl and four boys. I like wow. the boys. You like the boys. See, I like the girls. Cause I don't I know, want those like, boys peeing all of my stuff. I don't see what the big deal is as long as it's outside. <laughs> I work very hard to make my outside a uh, like a little resort. I don't want my dog going over there. And my neighbor's dog would just come over here and peel all my stuff out in the front. Mm -hmm. Yes, boy, dogs do do that. Yes. So we'll be getting another female. But anywho, I digress. Um, But uh, all right. So we were talking about that. Don't early spay and neuter. Feed them healthy species appropriate diet with bone in it guys with bone in it it's really really important that you do that now in this last email that you sent out dr andy you talked about vitamin d right Mm -hmm. and what is the best way for your dog to get some vitamin d that's a it's an interesting topic it's an interesting topic on the human side it's the little bit i've delved into it on the animal side super interesting because some books um including dr Becker's says they don't need it. They can't process it. They can't get it from the sun through their fur. I don't, I I don't think that's true. I bet there is some processing through the fur. Now do animals with less fur have higher levels of vitamin D? Maybe, right? Maybe your Samoyed is going to have lower levels because of all the hair. And um, when we were working on Riggs, my Doberman's coat, um, because he's basically a hairless wonder not a shirtless wonder, a hairless wonder. Um, <laughs> and I was working with Dr. Jasek and we were trying ozone, which it didn't do anything for that, but damn, he loved going and, and getting that done. He loved hanging out with the girls and he was so good about it. So we, we did that for quite a long time. And D will check his vitamin D levels. They were normal. He's like, she's like, I never see that. I go, because he has no hair. So the vitamin D was getting right to the skin and he actually had really good vitamin D levels, which that's nice. Isn't that nice? Is he a so, quinceatelia? Is he a, is he a, um, Mexican hairless? No, he's, he's what's considered a blue Doberman. And from my understanding is they just have very weak hair and they just kind of break off as soon as it starts coming out of the hair follicle. So he's wow. had the same hairless, same um, pattern baldness his entire, <laughs> since he lost his puppy coat. He had a great coat when he was a puppy, about a year old. He just, it went to plip. Wow. What color is his skin? It's gray. It's gray. Yeah. Yeah. He's about the color of a Weimaraner. 
Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he can get the vitamin D because he yeah. doesn't have too much fur. That's my and, theory. My working theory. Yeah. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're, they're those double coated dogs, right? We don't want to be uh, messing with that double coat, you know, like no. shaving those dogs off. You really no. mess up that, that second coat. And that's an insulation type thing for the dogs. Mm-hmm. So let's be careful about that. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they could get it in through their eyes. I don't it's, know. I would imagine it goes through the eyes mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And what time of day it is and, you know, what, you know, sunrise and sunset and, and getting out there. I would imagine it's got to be the eyes and keeping all the other hormones in balance that will help with the vitamin D. Right. And then yeah. there's, I, I just wonder if it's in the face area because that's where kind of, they don't have so much mm-hmm. air that would, you know, take away that vitamin D. Yeah. I've heard Dr. Cowan also talk about vitamin D that says it can function like a prednisone in the body. So that's another thing. So the natural source of vitamin D would be animal fat, animal fat, right? Which is in raw food, right? It is in raw food. Um, And it's not rancid, cooked and disgusting. Right. When you feed raw. Right. So when we say fat, we don't mean uh, bacon fat because that's really, especially if it's cooked, guys, that's really, ooh, not good. And not good. I know your dogs like it, but please don't. Yeah, it doesn't do that. So yes, animal fat is great for them. But you say, you know, walk your, that's why walking your dogs in the morning may be a good thing. And you get that benefit on the human side. Yes, yes, yes. It's all around a good thing to walk when the sun is coming up ish in the morning. That's your best time. Other times of the day are fine. Um, If you're up before the sun comes up, that's hard on your circadian rhythms and it's hard on your dogs. So just keep that in mind when you're out there. And it's still dark out. And sometimes you just have to get it done. I get it. Well, and if your dog is like, you know, going out, laying on the sidewalk, laying on your patio, their, their stomach is exposed. That's, you know, they don't Mm -hmm. have as much hair in that area. So that would be good. Mm -hmm. But you say, don't fool yourself. Sunning through a window doesn't help. Not really. Because we have so many filters and, you know, all this UV protection, right? It's all about the UV protection. Um, it cuts out a lot of the, the reds in there. And so the dog and us with our windows get more blue light and we're already overexposed to blue light with, Hey, the screens I'm looking at right now, the beautiful smart TVs we look at all night, um, all of that. So right now I'm in front of windows, but I have one cracked just to let in the full spectrum of the sun and the air and the air. Because, you know, yeah. they, they talk about that. Remember when the whole COVID thing and it was like, stay in your house, shut down the windows, wear a mask, don't breathe. It was like, okay, that goes against everything that the human body, body requires. Yes. Right. They used to just like in the, in the um, hospitals back in the day, when people were sick, they would make sure all the windows were open. Mm-hmm. So you get the fresh air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on a side note, if you do have the Febreze plugins or any of the artificial um, air fresheners in your home, your home is probably more toxic than outside. And you are, I'm going to be very dramatic here, literally killing your animals. This stuff has got to go. It's awful. I don't care if it smells good. See, I, does this not make any sense, Dr. Andy, that 
who is who is approving this deadly stuff? There's so much stuff that is carcinogenic out there that is deadly to us that just gets, oh, yep, here's your pass. Get it on through. Market, 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 sell it, sell it. Mm-hmm. And when somebody falls into that four-step process of, you know, deny, 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 and then when a lawsuit is brought against, eh, then we've made so much money, we're going to roll the yeah. dice. We're still going to make money. Yeah, so I'm going to make money, pay that off. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how they run. That's, that's how they roll, people. That's how they roll. That's how they roll. Okay, so we make sure that we are, as soon as the puppies come off the mama's teeth, mm-hmm. we're going to start feeding raw. Okay, yes, we're we going to start doing raw. We don't need sprayed cardboard to help the puppies. Okay, we no. do need the bone to form correctly and there's going to be that um that painfulness at times with puppy dr andy when the bones are growing growing pains growing pains i've seen so many pet parents go to the vet and Mm -hmm. and get on some type of medication Mm -hmm. simply for growing pains what do you have to say about that um I see less of it in raw fed dogs. And generally it's, it's the carbohydrates that super duper over the top power source that is contributing to that. Um, and I do, I see it and and they come in and they get adjusted and it helps. I can't tell you how that helps folks, but you know, it does. And maybe there was a restriction in the rear end and we were lifting up front or who knows what, what it is on each individual um, puppy, but we get them adjusted and they feel better. And yeah, we don't like to see our puppies ouchie, but you know, we could just have a few quiet days. We could do some mind games instead. We could do some snuffling. We don't have to push, 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 push all the time with our puppies. If they need to grow a little bit and sleep a little bit more, we can let them. It's all right. And they could be a little sore. I hate, I know people just can't handle it. They cannot handle their animals in pain. Um, but generally we walk around in pain most of the time and we're okay with that. And I'm not saying horrific pain, just ignore it, but they can be a little sore. They can have a few days of just maybe some chill time and it should pass. And those medications, once you get them in there, they, they're detrimental. They are detrimental and long-term use of NSAIDs has a litany of issues, Um, And one of the big ones as a chiropractor that I like to remind people of is it will break down the joints faster, long-term. You you have some in in the cabinet for your senior dog that decided it was going for an extra long hike and and was super sore and you use it once in a blue moon. That's, That's how that should be used. When veterinarians put them on at age four because they're sore and you're just supposed to give this pill twice a day for the rest of their life, that is incorrect Mm. to put it mildly. I think that borders on malpractice, but that's me. But that's standard of care. So good luck with that malpractice talk. Yeah, because it's 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 standard of care. It's maddening. So I know Probably this question depends on what the breed is, but what is that typical um, age where we start seeing um, sore puppies because those bones are adjusting and growing? Yeah, anywhere between four and eight months, five and eight months, kind of the teenage months-ish, 
And you know what's really funny about that that age? Well, I would say it's more in the six to eight months that I see this. Some puppies will absolutely stop eating at that time. It's almost mm-hmm. like they're recalibrating. I'll get these mm-hmm. calls and they're like, almost invariably, it's that time frame, six to eight months. Mm-hmm. And they'll stop eating for a little while. And I'm like, just let them recalibrate. They'll come back, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're doing a variety. So if you have a lot of different variety, right? You have a PMR and HVM and 801010 and your dog's not eating any of it, it's probably something else that's going on, mm-hmm. right? So let them recalibrate uh and they'll come back and they'll probably be eating less. I always tell people make sure you're checking that puppy chart pretty yes. quick. Yes. And you know, maybe that is related to I'm I'm a little sore. I'm growing a little fast. I don't really feel like eating right now. We also tend to see whatever they call that fear stage, which I tell pet parents don't buy into it as little as possible. Just continue. But maybe they're not feeling great then too, because sometimes the only indication that we have when an animal's in pain is they're shy, they're reserved, they don't want to engage. That you know they don't feel comfortable enough to be able to get out of a situation, so they don't even engage. Sometimes that tells me that a puppy or a dog's in pain mm. um, is they're just not very outgoing. Um, my rule of thumb with puppies is. <laughs> they're not driving you crazy. There's something wrong. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I don't know if their tummy's bothering them, their bones hurt their, you know, but they should be driving you crazy. Well, active, very busy, want to do this, want to get into that, want to explore that. Like, okay, we need to put you in your kennel because I need a nap. Kind of what I mean by crazy. Well, we may be experiencing that before long because we are um, looking at getting a uh, lazy, a sister. Um, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Her mom's not pregnant yet. So, okay. so you got a little time, uh, little she's planning. In, yep. She's in Germany. Okay. So we would be flying okay. over to Germany and bringing her back. Wow. We'll mm-hmm. see, you know, I haven't had a puppy in a long time. So I get to go through all the stuff that we talk mm-hmm. to our pet parents about. Right. Yeah. And, um, so that'd be, that'd be, that'd be fun. And okay. Austin likes puppies as well. So that's good. All right. So let's talk about this one thing, arthritis, the silent challenge. That's always the tough one. Um, This, you know, obviously linked to inflammation and aging. Um, Again, what's the best way to keep your dog from being arthritic? Eat a raw species appropriate diet and get regular chiropractic care. I think those two are are fabulous. And, you know, make sure that you've got omega-3s in the diet, um, the natural source of glucose, uh, glucosamine is going to be trachea. Raw trachea is the best. Uh, chicken feet, those type of things like that. So a lot of people want to go out and just get these glucosamine tablets. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, I think you're wasting your money. I think you're wasting your money most of the time too. I really do. Um, I don't supplement my my pack with, um, a synthetic glucosamine pill. I don't know where it's made. I don't know what these other ingredients are. I don't know how much fillers. I don't, I don't know this. I don't know this. I, and honestly there, from what I understand, there's very little studies on the human side that shows that glucosamine, um, does much. 
So how much is it really doing in the dogs? And Neely and I actually, I got this from Neely and I agree with Neely that I I'm having like year old dogs, two year old dogs coming in on glucosamine already. Don't do it folks, because the body is lazy. You start supplementing that the body's like, Oh, I don't have to make my own anymore. That'll be great. No, we want the body to do all the things it's supposed to do to support itself. We do not want to supplement. Now, if you want to get, if they're your 12, 14 year old dog needs some supplementation. Okay. Try it, but rotate, 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 do tracheas, do antler velvet, do MSM, do your hyaluronic acid, do your glucosamine, go back to a whole food product, but, and you need to rotate, 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 rotate people, the dogs that are coming in and they're, they're failing. Oh, we've been on this one brand of glucosamine for the last four years. Well, yeah, the body's over it. The body's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. You haven't mixed up anything to wake up the body to do anything more. So it's just, what did, what did I say earlier? If you do the same thing over and over and over again, you're going to get holes other places. You've right. got to keep rotating everything. And I know this drives people mad, right? Mm-hmm. They hate this answer. They want to know what one food they should feed, what one product they should buy. They should put it on subscription with, with one of those companies out there. It should just show up and I should just do this and it should just be done. Right. That's not how the body works. It's not how hormones work. It's not how organs work. And you've got to keep moving and and changing and shifting with yourself and your animals. Do you think that Wendy's has a subscription where I could just make a Wendy's show up at my house for morning, noon, and night? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I wonder why they haven't done that. I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I am. Yeah. (laughs) Just. I I don't even know where a Wendy's is, which is even funnier, right? But. Right. And, and yeah, you, yeah. You, you uh, would think you could like program maybe Uber to show up with whatever <laughs> when, when yeah, like on a regular schedule. Right. Right. People that, would love that. The, you would oh. feel terrible. I think you would yeah. ache and maybe, maybe that's what pet parents want to do. Maybe you want to do a highly processed food, eat it morning, noon, and night, or mm-hmm. at least twice a day, like your dogs. And do it for at least two weeks and see if your joints Joints. feel better. If you're not sluggish, see if you can Mm -hmm. think, um, see if you can get out of bed without, uh, oh, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, really, we forget if we don't, if we don't feel it, we don't, we don't make that connection. And I, I, again, back to the puppies, I think it's so critical that you start them out correctly why would you start a brand new being out on toxic food i don't get it it's very it's very very strange it's very strange it's very strange and i did say in that email and you got you start your animal with chiropractic care no matter the age when they show up in your home if that's eight weeks you make an appointment i regularly see um, puppies as young as I've seen them younger on an individual basis, but on a regular basis with a particular breeder, I see the puppies right around six weeks before they go home. All the puppies that go out to their new homes have already been adjusted. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. So there's no age thing when it comes to chiropractic and puppies. There's no age thing when it comes to old dogs. Um, now everybody is different and sometimes those old dogs can't handle it, but I don't know that you don't know that until we try it. 
Right. And then maybe we go to massage and maybe, you know, and we, we shift and, and do our things that we need to, but there's no age thing with chiropractic. I can see pregnant dogs. I can see dogs that are going to get pregnant. I, you know, I mean, there's a few things that maybe we wait a little bit. Like I had a client that just had a knee surgery. So I always ask them to come in eight weeks after that, when they're released for duty. And I'm not messing with the knee anyway, folks, we're doing Was- everything else around it. Was that a CCL tear on that dog? It was. It was a CCL tear, an MCL tear, and meniscal involvement. Uh, what was the dog doing when that happened? Well, we don't know because he was outside with the three-year-old and the mom, but it was the roommate. So we don't know. But this dog was already compromised in that leg. We were already working on some stuff. So I have a feeling we were already dealing with half of that. And she just did a movement and it all just, but she did find a clinic here in the Denver area that did, um, bands. She did not do a TPLO. I'm so proud of her. So, um, they didn't like, they didn't pound in the implants. They didn't pound in implants. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So that's going to be interesting to see how that dog, what kind of, what breed of dog was this? It's a, she's about 50, 60 pounds, white speckled thing. I don't know what's in there. Samoyed's in there, a whole big mix, but a, a bigger size dog. Um, and it, the surgery was, can I say how much? Cause you told yeah, me. of course you can. How much was 11, it? $1,100. Oh, good. Well, that's not as much as I thought. I no, that's say 11, a thousand. I was no, like, 1100. That's a fraction of your TPLOs that are running five to 6,000. Wow. So now so, she has a couple extra thousand to go do PT because the fortunes in the follow-up, it's all about the PT. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is that very few clinics want to do the band surgery. Yes. They want to do the TPLO. Yes. yes. She actually found this place by default. I wrote it down. I have it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm keeping this for my other clients. It was awesome. Very nice. Very nice. Well, listen, guys, you want to get over to animalmagiccare.com, animalmagiccare.com. Dr. Andy puts out a lot of good information. Uh, Once you get on that, the weekly podcast will be on that email as well. So you won't ever miss a podcast that we do. Um, And I think, you know, getting a consult with Dr. Andy in regards to whether your dog uh, is a um, a patient for surgery, uh, what are the alternatives, um, and hopefully, Dr. Andy, you and I can do some webinars as well uh, yes. coming up in the very near future so that pet parents can have that at their disposal and uh, can know what they can do at home. Uh, again, the two things that you can do to really help your dog have bone longevity, bone longevity, and yes. I think this is appropriate for humans too, is one Uh, Get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. Do not put processed treats or processed foods or processed toppers in your dog's food, okay? These cause inflammation. This is not good for the body. And then also get adjusted, right? Whether this is a puppy or a senior, there is nothing that is um, negative, in my opinion, about getting just to get in the body lined up so it flows better, you walk better, you're not you're not straining one side over the other, right? As you say, yep. it's all neurological, you're thinking better. When yep. you think better, you're happier. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. You so got get, it. Yeah. Dee Dee's Dee Dee been listening to me all these podcasts. It's amazing. Hey, I, I come to you for a reason. <laughs> okay. Uh, primarily because it works. All right, everybody, get over to animalmagiccare.com. Then get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com. Get your dogs on a species-appropriate diet. Sign up for that cancer webinar. It's going to change your dog's life. It may even change your life. Uh, get over there right now at rawdogfoodandcompany.com. Well, your pet's health is our business, and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. I'll see you next week, Dr. Andy. Oh, snap, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.